you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com slash Sheck. July is almost over. It kind of bums me out as a human being as as you just can't stop time from moving on. But as a football fan, I'm over the moon because it's just about here. Training camp is all that now stands between us and the 2015 regular season. Yeah, it's a little bit of an adjustment. You get excited for football and then you realize – yeah, it's just practice and all the the phony storylines about maybe that quarterback might beat out the incumbent, all those kind of things, and then the exhibition games, which, again, you get excited to watch, like the Hall of Fame game. You get excited, and then you watch for four minutes, and you realize, like, oh, yeah, this game has no meaning whatsoever. Let's get to the real thing. But just the same, it is sort of the methadone as we uh, as we make way to the hardcore stuff. Let's talk about pro football. Let's talk about the game called Life with our main man, the guy seated to my immediate left, all the way from London, England. He is our resident Miami Dolphins fan. Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. And, and I agree with you. You, you, know, you sometimes at this time of year, you sort of sniff the air and you can mm-hmm. smell, you know, first of all, it's the smell. That's cut grass. It's, it's you know, there's football. And then you take another another whiff of the air and, and then you're like, wow, that's the icy hot that's being rubbed on. And then, and then that's a sweaty undershirt of, and a jock of a player. <laughs> so all, all those things you Getting know, lured. get together I don't know. To, to, to make training camp. I can sniff them all. <laughs> I don't know. Your uh, your little weird uh, fantasy there got a little bit hot and heavy. Sorry. Hey, uh, black tie behind the glass. A lot of good feedback. 
handsome. Are you down from cloud nine yet, or should I say cloud 14 after our visit with That's uh, right. Jarvis Juice Landry of your Miami Dolphins? He proved to be positively delightful. There's a video still available, actually a couple of them, NFL.com. Just search, I guess, for Slash damage. Shack. I think Slash Shack will do it oh, for Slash you. Shack or Slash Podcasts, right? Yeah. Pod. Slash Podcasts, you'll slash find podcasts. it. There's yep. a 60-second one for the uh, for the ADD Among Us, or there's a 15-minute. 14-minute. Actually, 14 I noticed it's Is that right? Minutes, Did it come yeah. in at 14? It's almost like Black Tie Planet. Well done. Uh, we no all know that, that that wasn't the case. That couldn't possibly the be. first time I'm hearing of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we did a lot of stuff with him, including having him catch precious items. Uh, but without uh, without warning, they right. just came out of nowhere. Adam, he caught them all. I don't want to. I don't want to tip it too much. A blue frog, in fact. That's right. I mean, that's, this will probably be the only time he has to catch a blue frog this season, or a shuttlecock. Yep, or a um, baby, or a baby. Yeah, and I said on there that it wasn't an actual live human baby. I yes. wanted to clarify in case anybody. No was babies were. It was an item that was not used, though. What item? Cantaloupe. Where there was a cantaloupe here. Yeah. Well, I, why wasn't I given the cantaloupe? Well, because my um, man here, Brandon, who uh, he forgot it in the fridge over over the weekend. Oh, uh, no. I would have loved to throw in a cantaloupe at Juice Landry. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't they make cantaloupe juice? It's a strange thing because it's very juicy, and it really doesn't have much sustenance behind it. It's just really the flavor of the juice. Shouldn't they make a melt? Uh, the thing is, though. I- the, and what's all the, the things one, that they you think they should make a juice for because they're delicious, when they actually do make I bet there is a cantaloupe juice if you look for it. And none of them are as good, like strawberry juice. That sounds like a great idea, but actually I've tr- it's disgusting. Strawberry mango juice. juice is kind of like that. I love mangoes. Mango juice doesn't really work. I don't think, I think you'd find it wouldn't be as, as uh, delicious as you expect it to be. What about they don't make a honeydew either, nope. which also, but they do make watermelon. Anyway, listen, we're getting sidetracked, and we have a lot to talk about here. This is a serious show, Handsome Hank. The time for Huey and Applesauce has come and gone. It's football season, just about at least. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to kick things off in terms of training camp. I believe they're the one and only team to report in, what, four days now? Something like that? It's very exciting. Um, So, anyhow, and it's National Junk Food Day today and we were busy talking about fruits that's irresponsible of us we should really be talking about junk food what is your favorite snack food item handsome hank um what you mean like is it a bar type of bar food or yeah, yeah i mean I'll, I'll eat a burger anytime if you put a burger in front of me i'll eat a cheeseburger like of, of any of any variety Wait, that counts range. as junk food? well i'm just yeah i think it does a cheeseburger of course yeah. that's junk food I don't consider that junk food. I, well, I, I but mean that's like chips and stuff. Like a bag, something that I will would eat. get in, a, in the so-called fun size counts as junk food. I, well, okay. In the UK, I would every day without fail, and I've, and I've brought them here for you, I would eat a bag of, of crisps or chips, as, if you guys insist. Every day? Oh, at least once a day. And mm. because there are so, there's a myriad of delicious flavors. I know. You've brought and, them here. And I've brought them. some of them um, to share. And I'm going back to the UK later this week. And I'll probably bring you some more. But what I would say is I don't do it here because your flavors are so terrible. And so there's like three pl- flavors, which are essentially flavor, like different shades of vanilla. I, I don't bother eating chips here, which has probably done wonders for my physique and uh, natural health. And how. Thank you. Hubba hubba. <laughs> Ooh, la, and la, and all the rest of it. Hey, Black Tie, are we going to make way next week or in two weeks to uh, Dallas Cowboys slash Oakland Raiders training camp? They're doing a joint effort you know, yes. nearby here. Yeah. 
And I we, went there last year. We were considering, you'll be off in London, mm-hmm. England, unfortunately, Handsome, but uh, Black Tie and I are considering making an excursion to, where is it again? Oxnard? Oxnard, Oxnard, yeah. Oxnard California. Let's do it. It'd be great fun. Romo, sure. Daz. Who else? Uh, maybe we could uh, kibitz with Derek Carr. We're going to kibitz with his brother, David Carr, later this week, I believe. Is, oh, fun. Uh, is, in a report, is a report that I've gotten. Amari Cooper, all the rest. We've made friends with Khalil Mack. That could be a good time. In actuality, the, it's not the Raiders this year. Last year was the Raiders. The Rams. Yeah, this year it's the Rams. I didn't want to. Oh. Chris Long, your buddy. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Right. Sc- James Laurinaitis. Yeah, that'd be marvelous. Let's do it. And I guess they're out here scouting out uh, houses, some real estate <laughs> for their uh, for their imminent move. Mm-hmm. Why do you make eyes like that, handsome? I'm not making eyes like anything. Do you think the L.A. Rams will be the L.A. Rams at this time? Uh, I think I think 2016. I think there's a very very good, better than 50 percent chance of that. Stick your neck out, handsome. Go I just no, did. No. no it's not real. Oh, well, you want me to make a guarantee? Do you think that the Rams are here? Yes, yes I just said yes. yes. I think they are. Are they the only team in Los Angeles? Next, in 2016, yes. Hmm, interesting. 2017, All right. there will be two. That's just the tip of the news items. Black tie this covers one real, for us. This one really quick thing before we move on. Important, though. I agree with Hank that not, not a lot of flavors here, but Lay's, though, are coming hard. They have cheesy garlic bread. I've seen that they're really Chicken and the, waffles. Mm-hmm. And uh, sriracha flavored. Lays. Uh, you see, that's fine, but you, but like that, you're probably looking at their website. If you actually go to stores, you know the the mom and pop Vons or Ralphs or whatever. It's too. They're way too conservative to put any of that. Like, you know, the hardest they go is like slightly cheesy and chive flavor. But better way to go anyway is just get yourself some sriracha, pour it on a in a little side thing, and then dip your chips straight in. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty straight cool. up with sriracha. Yeah, they do. I tell you who do. Then they don't get soft. Global global leaders, both in flavor and in in um, you know efficiency of chip, is the kettle chip family, and they've brought in some some pretty good flavors, including sriracha. Where did the kettle chip come from? Where's it been all our lives? It just suddenly emerged, sort of like cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. They they've made this hard charge in the 21st century, and yet they all. Take a backseat to the one that I've celebrated on more than one occasion, salted chocolate slash caramel. Mm-hmm. All of mankind's history, we've gotten by, we've made advancements, but only in the last five years or so have has somebody decided, some genius in a lab somewhere said, let's put some, uh, some kosher salt on this, I- and see, and then the songs began and they haven't stopped I'm- yet, at least in my mouth and in my belly. I'm just um, hearkening back to seven minutes ago when you told me to try and keep it on the straight and narrow that this was a football show. Thank you. We have now, segments to get to, Shaq. Let's. Oh, yes, we do. And here they are. One, we're going to continue our series of ifs. We'll look at teams within one division. Today, Handsome has decided he wants to do the AFC North. I guess that makes sense since the Steelers are going to be the first team to go to camp here. Um, out of all the 32 teams. So we'll play the ifs game. The, each team in the division will win. If this happens, this team will finish in last place if that happens. So we'll do that. We're also going to do bring back an old uh, dead or alive, one of our favorite old games here where we evaluate the likelihood of something happening via the uh, you know the life support. I, I thought that, that segment was dead, Dude. actually. What do you call that thing? The doot, the the the, doot, the machine doot, in the hospital. In the hospital. Heart rate monitor. People know what. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You know what I mean. The HRM. We'll do that, 
And uh, and but right now we're going to do the blacklist. But first, let's say hello to someone who's joining us for the very first time here in Studio 66. Maximum strength. He's now a member of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Also, he's been making pages here. Terrific ones at that for uh, many moons. It's our pal Alex Gelhar. What's the poop, fella? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for bringing me up to uh, the Dave Damashek football program. It looks like I came into a hot football discussion as I sat down on the the chip front. Yeah, we'd like to get your opinions on that, but we haven't the time. Black tie, it's time for the blacklist. Hit it. The Blacklist. Black Tyrese, Kermit, The Blacklist. The Blacklist. All right, guys, right to it. Adrian Peterson earlier today just uh, well signed a new deal or reconstructed his deal. Has more guaranteed money. A- AP was number 62 on the Top 100 show, NFL Network. Where do you guys think AP stands in terms of the top players in the league? I still think it's top 10 best running back in the game. Well, I, you know, I don't think, you know, the it's easy to be cynical about, well, he barely has played in two years, but the fact of the matter is he went through training camp a year ago. He started the season. It's not as though he's got a ton of rust on him. He sat out a portion of the year, basically. Last year, I, though, I'm a little struck by, and I don't want to send up to Mount Pius, but I do find it a little creepy that in all the reports – there's barely, if any, mention of what got him sidelined in the first place a year ago. While Ray Rice sits wherever Ray Rice sits, you know, they're, they're two guys, two running backs who wore purple. Now, speaking of cynical, the easy thing to say is, well, Ray Rice clearly uh, was finished, and that's why nobody wants him. I disagree with that. I think somebody would look at him, certainly. Somebody would give him a, a chance. If, if, if you can best you can erase from your memory what you saw in that video last year. Who do you think is a better football player? Who's a better running back, Ray Rice or Darren McFadden? Do you think Ray Rice might thrive behind that Dallas Cowboys offensive line? Of course he would. He must really be. I mean, listen, and he deserves, you know, all the, you know, the 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 demonization that he received, but it is a, a very 21st century thing that the video caught him and that's really what finished him and I don't think you ever see him again in the NFL maybe if there's a big injury somewhere maybe you'll see him in the next six weeks or so if you don't though I would say it's 100% done for him meantime Adrian Peterson is being celebrated everybody's retweeting his prayer hands like amen and all this Everybody remembers what horrible things he did I mean that that was just terrible so I hate to get up on Mount Pius yeah, I think he's going to be good. I think the Vikings are going to be a good story. But I but I am a little bit, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't exactly applaud Adrian Peterson. Handsome Hank, I'll say you. Uh, hey, um, I'm going to answer Black Tie's question. All right, go all right? ahead. I mean, I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with anything you've said, and I do actually agree I was going to interrupt you, but you said it yourself. I think I think Ray Rice, has his best chance of coming back is in the next six to eight weeks. If mm-hmm. it doesn't happen then, then I would agree that he probably won't be back. As far as is Adrian Peterson a top 10 player out of all players, he's the best running back in the league. And I think I actually think at his age, he's 30 now, I think probably taking a season off actually doesn't hurt him at all. I think, you know, that that might be the thing that those, you know, those running backs that we've seen slow down, you know, and, and it's very well known at that age, maybe taking a year away from all those hits actually could could prolong right. his career and, you know, prolong it by, by a significant period. Um 
But I don't think he's one of the 10 best players. I couldn't rank him as one of the 10 best players in the league right now. Hmm. I'm surprised by all that, by, by that, given everything you just said. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I, I think, I think the, the place of running backs, in the, if you think about the best players in the league right now, you know, outside of the top 10 worthy thing on NFL Network, I don't know how you can't have six or seven quarterbacks in that top 10. Yeah, fair. And then you've got the J.J. Watts and you've got the Calvin Johnsons and or whoever your your preference of the top receiver is. I just, I don't, you know, there's some offensive linemen who are playing at a, a you know, Tyron Smith's playing at a, a significantly higher standard than a lot of other offensive linemen in the league. If the the running back, if you're talking about valuable players in the league, the running back, regardless of whether he's Adrian Peterson or Joseph Randall and anywhere in between, it, it's it's a position that just you can plug and play people. Hmm. Galhar, how say you? I think I'm I'm more in Henry's boat. I, I think he's going to have a fantastic season coming back. The last time we saw Adrian Peterson motivated to prove people wrong was after he tore his ACL, and then he came within, what, nine yards of breaking the all-time rushing record. So I think it'll be great, but I, I'm as well, like, you got to factor in players like Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis, if you're ranking in the right. top of the list. I'd put him in the, probably the top 25 since he is sure. the best at his position, but in that top 10 category, I don't know if I can go that high. Well, I'll tell and you maybe, this. Maybe if we had this conversation after the season and he gets close to that record again or even breaks it, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we can say differently. But it's, it's tough to say that about a guy we haven't seen play for 10 months. Yeah. Um, you know, the Vikings with Adrian Peterson, they went to the playoffs in his 2,000-yard year, and uh, that was a nice story. And like I say, I think they're they're bound to be, a, you know, a nice Cinderella story this year. In fact, it's almost hard to conjure a way that they don't if Adrian Peterson is anything close to what he was last we saw him. That defense is vastly improved. You know, they're going to be tougher at least to throw on. The offensive line is sound. They have a bunch of pass catchers. Bridgewater in year two. Now you throw. I don't know that I agree that he's the best uh, running back in the NFL at this point. I would probably go Le'Veon Bell only because he can catch passes the way he can. That wasn't what I thought the only because you were going to say was. You're a creep. It's not because I like the Steelers. <laughs> Why would I? Well, you know, listen. But the point is. That Vikings team is going to be good if Adrian Peterson is. I agree, but they're in a division with Gilhuss Packers. Well, I'll tell you who else is going to be good. The Detroit Lions. The, the idea that because Sue and Fairley are gone equals their immediate demise, I think is uh, is not exactly right. In fact, as good as the East or as compelling as the East has a chance of being in the NFC, I think you there's a legit chance that you'll get two wild cards out of the North this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that. Oh, I yeah. The I, could, I could definitely see that happening. The Lions should really be good, you know, and and it does matter when you get there the year before. You know, those teams that come out of nowhere and then fall back down, not unlike the Vikings did earlier this decade, are are one thing. But these teams that get the the Lions feel like with Stafford and Calvin Johnson, like they're ripe now. This is this is as good as they're going to be, and I think they will come close to that level that they achieved last year. I mean, I, they have uh, they have Nada now to replace in the middle. Now he's obviously good, and Ziggy Ansa like, is on 30, the rise. Thirty year old lineman replacing two young athletic freaks, though. Yeah, but Ziggy Ansa didn't hit his ceiling in he's 2014. Right. He's on the rise. So. I will say, working in the Vikings' favor though, is Mike Zimmer has kind of been to. A certain extent Aaron Rodgers kryptonite over his career back when he was with the Bengals I think to this day the Bengals are still the only team aside from the Packers that Aaron Rodgers hasn't won a game against and uh, Mm. aside from that Thursday night football drubbing where the Packers defense scored a bunch of points when Christian Potter was under center the Vikings hung in there with the Packers last year without Adrian Peterson and without the wealth of talent they brought in this offseason so they could be really interesting even though 
Green Bay is as at the top of the. Team. And not to belabor the NFC North race too much, but I will say, uh, to your point, they now have, they now have real good, a couple of real good cover corners now, maybe even three in Minnesota. That's exactly the way to. I mean, to the, it's as though they're built to stop the Packers. Which is which is which is the truth. I mean, that's what it is. I do think one of the most underrated storylines. They, the, they can spin the clock with Peterson now. Too, yeah. to keep Rodgers off the field. But I do think one of the most underrated storylines of the offseason, we've heard, we keep hearing about how Tom Brady's going to be hugely motivated given, you know, how how he's been whatever that given his position i think the packers hasn't been talked about much that is still like the most painful playoff loss i can i can recall you know how green bay went out last it's season the worst it, ever period. right and i think we agree that i do i do think it's an underrated storyline of like the packers are going to come back hugely motivated to do to do damage to every team and have the ability to do that on both sides of the ball and it, they sort of they're, they're being talked about like they were, you know, the last season or the season before, and that, yeah, they're a very good team, and of course the Packers are going to be good, but the truth is, they not only are they going to be good, they're going to be good, and they're motivated to really embarrass some people. I think it's interesting to watch, because that makes sense, except then you look at Clayton Kershaw, and if you're used to the Dodgers pitcher, if you're used to, the, all right, every year we win this division, every year we get the January kind of mentality, there's something about it that probably is hard to get up for. Like, we do this every year, and yet we haven't gotten back to a Super Bowl since we won that uh, that one now five years ago. I wonder if, it, if there is a, 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 it's a bit of a struggle to get up for the start of the season, given the, the way things have played out over the last half decade now. Sort of like Kershaw's like, I've done everything I can do, but then I fail in October. Just get me to October again. That's sort of the way it feels like the first two months of his 2015 win. I wonder if that's something to keep an eye on. But all right, yes, Black Tie. Next up, Black Tie's flapping his arms like mad. All right, well, we're talking about football. Can't we talk about football? I do agree with Hank, though. The Packers' loss was the most painful up until the very end, two weeks after. I'm glad that you as, agree as with Hanson and Packer Wait. fan here. I can agree. Yeah, yeah. up day. until two weeks afterwards, and the Seahawks went up them with that painful loss. I'm well, AJ Hawks. That is not more. It's not more painful. No, the Packers' loss was a loss they could see coming a mile away. So I guess. It's, and while they the could Seahawks, see coming a yeah, mile away, there the were two game, minutes left in the game, and they were Morgan up. Burnett intercepts the ball with five dreading. minutes to go. They're up. Uh, what was the how score? Could that, that how was that inevitable? That More was, inevitable. I mean, there, there was like a series of events that just kept happening. It's like, oh my gosh, this is really going to happen. Are we really going to lose this game? The Seahawks lost five game minutes, but the fact that they all second. actually happened, it right. wasn't like you weren't like one. Like, how many? Oh, the question is in that game: How many times have you seen what happened to the Packers happen before? Never. How many times have you seen someone the do unique a turnover? Aspect, right. Yeah. The unique the aspect of that loss. Of game, it happens. Well, but right, and that's what the, uh, the right. difference is. As I said at the time, what distinguished it as Galhard just said is it was a. Se- there are eight plays that you right. can count. It's not like oh my god, I can't believe that fumble happened and that turned the the fortune of the game around. There were eight things, and if any one of them didn't happen, they the Packers still and after won. each subsequent event. It was like, insane. It can't happen again. Yeah. The, right. It can't and the, happen the cra- again. The worst of them all is the two point conversion. Go oh, back yeah. and watch that game. The two point conversion is the Insanity. crazy moon ball desperation heave that Russell Wilson throws up, and somehow it got. Cu- I don't know that. And then even still, if they win the coin flip, I bet you the Packers still win that game. If they, <laughs> they win the coin flip before overtime, Rodgers. What people forget is Rodgers did drive. Them right down the field. They were trailing, and they he drove them down the field and uh, and forced the overtime. All right, next question, Black. All right, next question. Uh, better deal over the next three seasons: Des, Demarius, 
or uh, Dave Damashek. <laughs> yes. And I, I, on the same day, it was announced that, uh, well, at least two got a lot of billing, um, that uh, the three big Ds uh, are going to stay with the NFL for a little while. Damashek, Dez, and Demarius. I don't know. I, it's, I'm, I'm a little too close to this one. Gelhar, how say you? Uh, I mean, I got to say, I got to go with the Dez deal just because I think the Cowboys window is a little open a little longer with Romo being a few years younger. So the fact that they can show keep, yourself the door. Keep the... <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, that was it. My time's said, up here. All right. Great. I said, good day. Well, thank, thanks for, thanks for bringing me in. No. <laughs> but just the fact that that window's open a little longer, keeping him tied there with Romo for a while, will keep them competitive in the East. Whereas if Manning, you know, gets there and then retires, then Demarius is going to have to work with a, you know, a Brock Osweiler, Osweiler, a new quarterback, not to say he can't, he had great success with Tim Tebow, can't believe I'm saying that in the one year when they uh, were working together. But. I pointed out every time Demarius' name comes up, same with Eric Decker, people forget that they were productive with Tebow. Handsome, how say you? Uh, I think that um, Des is going to, you know, I think one one of those people is going to dramatically underperform in that contract. <laughs> <laughs> I am already ahead of the game. And he doesn't play Take that, receiver. Des and Demarius. I got three weeks head start on the <laughs> right. both of you. Right. I would imagine that they have done more in their deals already, whatever it is, two weeks into it, than you will in over the entire three-year course of your contract. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that either. Um, I think between the two pass catchers, because really I'm more, if I did play pro ball, it's very likely I would be the quarterback. I mean, I think I just cut that figure. Um, not uh, not to mention, obviously, the physical gift that I have attached to my left shoulder. Um I, given a choice, Dez is my is my pick. And I think if I were starting an NFL team and I had one year and I had them all in their prime, I think I would take Dez even over Calvin Johnson. But Demarius Thomas, that said, I feel like when you – if you just – if we went around this building and we said uh, all the analysts – Give me the top three wide receivers in the NFL. Des Bryant would be mentioned 100% of the time. Demarius Thomas wouldn't, but he's he's so productive. And he is perhaps, uh, with the possible exception of, of Des and maybe Antonio Brown, the best receiver after catch in the league. It's uh, I feel like he has been perennially slept on a little bit, but I do think the Broncos would just plummet to 6-10, and 10, literally 6-10, and 10, if he somehow weren't available to the team in 2015. I think he's that important to them. I think he is – we talk about the Jenga effect that if you took out the wrong piece yep. that the whole team implodes. I think you take Demarius Thomas away from the Broncos. I think they would turn into hot garbage real fast. Yes, Black Tie. Final, final question because lack of time here, uh, only because I did this last night. Have you guys seen Snowpiercer? Yeah, it's great. Yes. Fantastic. What, what is it? Snowpiercer with Chris Evans of uh, Fantastic Four and Captain America fame. Um, it's a, it's an interesting, um, what would you call it? Uh, uh, sci-fi. It's uh yeah, it's like a thriller, but it's, but it's, but it's Dystopian mythical. Feature. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mythical and dystopian and, uh, it's futuristic. Uh, but it's, it's got, it's kind of what's great about it is it has its own vibe. It kind of mashes a lot has, of things together, but it works. Has its own set of rules. And I don't mean childish when I say it's cartoonish, but it's right. It has its own rules that it basically, the lower class is on a train that perpetually runs around the earth, which has been um, dropped in a nuclear winter. Like right. the only way people Frozen live is on oak. this train. Unlivable like outside the train, and the train just goes endlessly around the world. 
and the lower class lives in the back and under terrible conditions, and the high class lives up at the front of the train, and they rebel and they push their way to the front. The scale of everything—I wouldn't want it. That would be. That sounds like an awful. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? It's always so cramped. And I cannot no agree with you more. I was, gonna, I was just going to say that the thing that makes that movie hard for me to really embrace even though it is cool intellectually. And they mess with scale, like from train cars. They move their way from back to front. And as they do, the scale of each train car is like, well, one is massive and the other one's just a little school classroom. And then they move through it. And which makes it, like I say, cartoonish and they, they, you know, bend reality. I, um, I still kind of but, feel like it's fairly still narrow the whole way through. It's kind of like the difference between playing a 3D fighting game like 2D back in the day where you're just... Maybe, but li- but but literally handsome, I can't get out of my head. Like, I would hate any... I don't care if I had the the best car to myself. I would just hate that right. life. I'm a, I mean, as someone who... Uh, get me off to, this thing. He's about to get on a plane for 10 hours to go back to the UK. I, I'm already dreading that. The idea of, of living on a plane permanently, regardless of whether it's in first class or not, just not... That's not fun. Um, all right. Before we get to uh, our old favorite, Dead or Alive, let's do the if game. And today we focus on the AFC North and Handsome. I start with you, the Baltimore Ravens win the AFC North if... The Baltimore Ravens will win the AFC North if Joe Flacco can find another receiver to emerge um, and, and sort of connect with another receiver um, in place of, of the dearly departed Tory Smith. Hmm. Gelhar, how say you? Uh, the Ravens will win the AFC North if they can find production from the tight end spot, because that was that's been key in Mark Trestman's offenses in recent years. Ooh, I like that one. And mm-hmm. and who do they have to try and answer those questions? Dennis Pitt is going to start on the pup, from what we've heard. Right. And they have second year guy Crockett Gilmore. Uh, he's a big, that's a great name. It's a fantastic name. Uh, I think it's two T's and two L's as well. And then they have Max Williams, the rookie out of Minnesota that they drafted. So they're going to have to hope one of those two guys rises up. Tight end is a notoriously hard position. I to forgot see about that as a rookie. So that's that's going to be a key for me. The Max Williams factor is fascinating given that the rivalry that they have with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers were going to draft him, and the Ravens jumped over the Steelers to take him. And uh, that just adds fuel to uh, to the fire between those two teams. And as a Steelers fan, I've said it before, I say it again, you have to tip your hat to Ozzie Newsome. He is the master there. It's not John Harbaugh. Ozzie Newsom, I think at this point we have to say, you know, the Patriots have continued to to be a perennial uh, postseason contender and there are other handful of teams that are in that mix always too, and there are different reasons for it. Belichick has proven that he misses in personnel. Ozzie Newsom rarely misses in personnel. The one irony there is the QB spot, Handsome, and and you talk to some of the Ravens, High-profile Ravens, I've said this before, and I'll say this again, too. They, in the locker room, question Joe Flacco. Now, not to his face, but they will say to you, you know, some weeks he's a world beater. Other weeks he's absolutely terrible, and it's hard to figure. And without Gary Kubiak this year, I wonder, so, yeah, they should be able to run the ball. They're built, their philosophy is sound. They have good offensive line. They continue even without Nada to have what looks like a rugged front seven there. The secondary is coming together. It's a little bit better than what it's been in the last couple of years, really. They should be good, except it's, for the Flacco It's question. an interesting – And I who's going to catch his passes, like you say. With Flacco, to Alex's point, I think as well, with, with Mark Tressman there, Tressman 
Kate, you know, has obviously come from from Chicago and and had that question with Cutler of a guy who is up and down, and it turns out that certainly while Tressman was there, he was more down than up, and that's why Tressman's now in Baltimore. With Flacco, I don't think he has the 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 lows that Cutler's had, and I don't think he necessarily has the highs of of Cutler earlier in his career. But I mean, he has done it at times, I suppose. But if he can get that, if he can get a sort of level. Flacco sort of playing above above average and not have those lows, then I I, I think they should be successful. Rashad Perriman is going to be a big deal in the offense because you know we we we've seen what we've seen from Steve Smith and that was fun last year, but I don't think anyone's sort of putting any money on the fact that he could he could come back and do it again, whatever age he is now thirty. Eight, nine, I think he's got to. I think he's like 35. Is he that old? No, I, know, I didn't 36. think he was that old. Yeah, 36, 35, somewhere around there. Well, first of but, all, listen to the conversation we're having about Joe Flacco. Well, if he can, he's been in the league a long time right. now. He is what he is. It's sort of the Jay Cutler thing now that I don't think that there's this late career, this late stage but, in his career. Not that he's old, but, you know. I, but that playoff he run he, he went now. on, I mean, that's better than we've seen him play at any stage. So I think we've seen flashes of, of Flacco playing at, I'm not going to say the word, but at a very, very high level. So I think it's pretty clear that the, the if, that they'll finish in last or they'll at least finish uh, below uh, optimistic expectation if they if a pass catcher doesn't emerge. Really, if it's not Max Williams... I, I think that's fair or Richard Perryman, then they're kind of that's that's that. For I think I agree with that. I think the other thing that could sink them is they've always been able to rely on Haloti Nata. We just mentioned him, and then he always had behind him a you know solid linebackers. Timmy Jernigan looked great in his first season, um, but if they don't, if they can't depend on a line that can consistently stop the run and you know be one of the NFL's top teams at it, I think. For a team that's always been able to rely on that stuff with a very solid spine to mm-hmm. their defense, if, if it suddenly went away, I think they might have a hard time trying to work out like, well, what yeah. do we do now? Because they haven't had to deal with it. For and a another, uh, one more quick point is actually Suggs and Doomerville are not uh, youngsters themselves. Right. So yeah, that's something else to keep an eye on. All right, the Cincinnati Bengals, Alex Galhar, will win the AFC North if <laughs> they rely on the run game and not the arm of Andy Dalton. Nice and simple. I would agree. I mean, if if they if they don't have to feature Andy Dalton, that's what I was going to say. They're a little bit in flux because they're going to lose a couple of offensive linemen. That's why they doubled down at the draft. If you'll remember, you thought, why are they taking? Oh yeah, because uh, they're gonna, probably going to lose one or both of their uh, of their tackles. That was one of my favorite stories from the draft when Andre Smith was like, "I dare you to draft my replacement," and they drafted two of them. <laughs> Um, I mean, I continue to say it. Marvin Lewis, how this guy has kept his job for so long. And people say, well, and look, look, I mean, hey, he's, uh, you know, look at what they did before he ever got there. Which also, by the way, when people keep throwing that out, they got the two Super Bowls. It's not like they have zero history of success. I don't understand when people throw that one out. But anyhow, who cares? At this point, it's time for them to start doing something instead of merely making the playoffs. You know, I'll forever be skeptical of Andy Dalton until he proves me wrong, and I think right. I'm in pretty good standing by remaining skeptical of him. He can get them to the playoffs, but can he get them over the hump? The guy, though, I'm worried about is with all that offensive line now built up, Jeremy Hill, not to mention Gio Bernard, seem awfully scary to me with their ability to pound the ball. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, a phenomenal. Um, which is which punch. is why they which is why they can still win the division with Andy Dalton as the as their quarterback. Wow. I still say, and if, even if it sounds crazy to you, if they had Mike Vick, 
they would be better off. I know that's loco, but they would it be a loco. better. Listen, we've he had this conversation now it. for two years. Or they should two have gotten Ray ago, Ryan I was... Mallett. I would want guys with the guys they have on the outside, a guy who can deliver it, you know, 50, 60 yards downfield. Two years ago when you suggested this, I thought it was it was mildly crazy. Yeah. Now, having seen how bad Michael Vick was in New York, I think it's insane. No, it's not because here's why. And I've said I said this to you three weeks ago. Here's why it's not crazy. Because do you think that the Cincinnati Bengals can win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton? I think it's possible. Sure. I think worth You think they can win the Super yes. Bowl with 14? Yeah, because I no think way. I think Andy Dalton has like Andy nope. Dalton has not been he's been bad in in crucial situations. And so let's let's cut to the point. If how what happens what would have to happen if they were to come last in the division? Andy Dalton would have to do what he's done in all those primetime games in every game. On the other hand, if Andy Dalton can play at the standard that he's played at when the lights haven't been on, when he's just playing a normal game, and then and he can do that consistently through the season, then, yeah, of course they've got a chance to go to the Super Bowl because we've seen quarterbacks. Yeah. Andy Dalton. No. Andy Dalton say Joe Flacco. I was going to say, what about Trent Dilfer? Like if well, Andy, Andy Dalton's significant. It's a different right. I know it. I know that was only 12 or 13 years ago, but it's a different game now. I do. Th- I was going to say Joe Flacco, and I'll tell you why. I know that it's insane. I know oh, you said Trent Dilfer. I'm thinking Brad yeah, Johnson. But, yeah, yeah. so Dilfer. All right, that's a different. Era. Yeah, but. All right, but it's also that's. You know, one of the top three single-season defenses we've ever seen. I was going to say Joe Flacco because at the time, I don't think we believed that Joe Flacco was that guy. I agree, but they're not – but those two guys are not interchangeable. The one thing he doesn't have is that Flacco has this gigantic arm and Andy Dalton clearly – Right, he's got the – Flacco's got the whip that cuts through those January – But would you say – would you say if you put – let's say – let's a more likely uh, comparison for him is maybe Alex Smith. Would you say that Alex Smith could never win a Super Bowl? You know what I feel? I feel Andy Dalton knows deep down that he – I think Andy Dalton knows he can't do it. That's what you see. That, and that might be it. That might be it. But but when you see him – when you see those back foot throws he makes under under pressure, you, you just feel like – I think he knows deep down that he can't get it done. He he's not He's not intrinsically cut – to make that uh, well, he's that also no, he when he makes those type of throws, you're like there is no there's no further comparison from Brett Favre than Andy Dalton, and what sometimes <laughs> when sometimes when he makes those throws, it's, it's like, do you think you're Brett Favre or John Elway when you're clearly not. one thing to remember too before we move on to the next team is he will have his full complement of weapons this year. Last year, AJ Green was injured for most of the year. Tyler Eifert was gone for most of the year. Marvin Jones was gone for the whole year. He is going to have a stacked group around him, and if he can't take them at least to one win in the playoffs this year. Then it's the, the talk about a conversation we had uh, a year ago. Well, I tell this, you one person who this guy, know. this guy's uh, the, the, because he gets the the low expectation of while wow, he gets him to the postseason. You know, it's that's just not enough at some point. Michael Vick would not be doing any better. Yeah, he would. But all right, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns, and uh, the Cleveland Browns will win the 2015 AFC North if. <laughs> if a giant earthquake comes and I know you were going to say some joke, of, but that's not that ridiculous given the pieces they have on defense and the fact that they should be able to really run the ball. I I believe that. I mean, they just have no they have no can passing. You, can game. you make the case? Because yeah. I can't. I'll, I'll, I really I'll can't. throw out a hail mary here. the The Cleveland Browns will win the AFC North if Johnny Manziel catches some of Tin Tebow's magic and takes them Hey, now a we're cooking like, what's yeah. Johnny, How did he get on the field? Because Josh McCown's their starting quarterback. So, I mean, for now. I'm with Galhar. This is the only way if you're the Cleveland Browns. What do you get out of Josh McCown except 
some job security for Mike Pettin. If they go 8-8, eight and eight, it's hard to kick Pettin to the curb. But there's no, for the franchise, there is no gain of having Josh McCown. Johnny Football should be the starter, and it should, and it should just be, that's that. He's our guy in 2015, and we're not going to give him an audition of two weeks and see how he does. No. He is our starter. That's that. He shouldn't even need Tebow magic. He should just be as good as scouts thought he could be, I mean, being a first-round pick. I mean, this is a guy that we've only seen for, what, two games? Like, if he's anything – if he's 85% of what scouts thought he could be, then they should be a good team. And like we always talk about, Brett Favre is a gunslinger. What do we we watch sports because they're fun. What do we I want a, I want conservative? I want that Josh McCown to play if I'm a Browns fan? No, I want Johnny Football. I'm not gonna win the Super Bowl no matter what in 2015. So if I'm a Browns fan, let me see this kid before we turn the page and decide, yep, he's done for. We didn't like how he looked in his rookie year. Oh, we put him in in one late September game, and he threw a bad pick there. Let's get, cut him. He's terrible. We don't want him. This is, you know, at some point, you have to learn from the teams that are successful. They don't just cut bait constantly with every mistake they make. You ride it out. You have to see what you have. Look at the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens, for goodness sakes. They're right in your division. This is how you win. You stick with it. You try Johnny football. All right. Next, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Handsome. We're not even. I like the fact that we're not even entertaining what would have what would have to happen if the for the Browns <laughs> to finish last in the division because all they have to it's do just is a win. Continue on their current course and it's will, just they'll be right there. And who do you think November. is most likely to finish behind the Cleveland Browns in that division? If you have to say who's the worst team, I know you're going to say w- the Bengals, right? I would say the Bengals because of the yeah. QB situation. I just well, I would say like I I, I could see that falling apart quickly. I do think as well, Marvin, I agree with you to some extent. I think Marvin Lewis is on more on borrowed time than people probably realize just because he's been there forever. But I, I have a feeling that if things go badly, it seems like one of those teams that, um, that you know, the the players might be in revolt as well. I like, like why Bengals- are we doing the same thing? Like you said, why are we doing the same thing again? The Bengals Answer. have more Jenga pieces, to use your analogy, on offense too. If That's one of correct. those talented yeah. playmarkers, uh, you know, A.J. Green or Jeremy Hill go- suddenly goes down and is lost yeah. for the season – that's a huge trickle-down effect on their offense as opposed to they can't rely on a Ben Roethlisberger or Joe Flacco to carry them farther. Well, one thing I didn't tell you, Gelhar, that we that we don't do, you can't just say, well, they'll finish in last if their quarterback gets hurt because that's true of 20, if not more, NFL teams. Handsome, yes. the Pittsburgh Steelers win the division if. The Pittsburgh Steelers will win the division if their offense can score as many points as they, can th- they could threaten to, and if their if everyone on the team gets behind the idea that that's the type of team that the Steelers are now, rather than the typical Steelers of old, grind it out. Does that make sense? Like Tomlin, you know has what I mean. Like that. everyone has to buy into the fact that by design or maybe not by design, we have this like arsenal of incredible players led by Ben Roethlisberger with Antonio Brown with the backfield with everything we've got. And rather than trying to be a balanced team and all that stuff, we should just go all out and be the Packers or the Patriots of their their almost undefeated season. Like we can be that team. It's an interesting and and with Dick LeBeau gone, I almost think it's easier for Mike Tomlin to spread that message rather than have on one side of the ball. When we when we've had Ike Taylor in here, you you kind of hear like Dick LeBeau is the is the the godfather of our defense, and he's really the guy that the defensive players gravitate towards, even though Tomlin's a defensive coach, uh, you know, originally. And it feels like they couldn't really get the buy-in maybe from everyone on the team that this is what the Steelers are about now. 
Here's the problem with uh, the Steelers. They're the most likely team to, in fact, finish behind the Cleveland Browns because they're the most flawed team, with the possible exception of the Browns, whereas the passing game is the bugaboo for Cleveland. The defense or the passing defense for Pittsburgh is really, really flawed, as I say. I mean, It could it be should, awful. But, like you say, the turning of the page from Dick LeBeau, I know that this upsets, including Ike Taylor, a lot of um, – you know, dyed-in-the-wool Pittsburgh Steelers people. I think it's good to move on from Dick LeBeau because in the age of free agency, this idea that, hey, well, rookies don't play on Dick LeBeau's defense and, you know, they, they really aren't up to speed until year three, well, that's a that's not a good way to approach pro football. Right, exactly. When a guy is up, so year four is basically like his make-it-or-break-it year and you have to make some judgments. That's how they got into trouble. At with the end Kane. of his contract. Right. Keenan right. Lewis, they let walk because, well, he's good, but we have Cortez Allen, and then they over-invested in Cortez Allen. You get jammed with that. What they've done is rather than taking solid, you know, great tackling type of prospects, there goes Handsome Hank. He's out the door. We'll speak with you, I hope, before you depart to, to uh, London, England, Handsome Hank. Um but I feel like that uh, what they've done is rather than, you know, fundamentally sound football players that you might picture in black and gold in days gone by, I think to Handsome's, you know, broader point, they have to accept what they are. I think they're accepting the 21st century football is not about shutting another team down defensively. Rather, it's about taking the ball away. You look at who they've drafted. They have playmakers now. Ryan Shazier, that was Jarvis Jones. My Jones. exact point was if they win the division, if their recent run of early round draft picks actually mature and grow up to their potential. Just like you said, Jarvis Jones. That's it. Shazier. Stephon Tuitt, uh, Bud Dupree this year, and who was the quarterback that took Senquez Golston, Golston, yep. something like that. Who's they, a little guy, but little his, guy. but he's uh, apparently a magician at taking the ball away. Right. So that's you, his skill. Is 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 even though he's undersized, AJ Green and all the big receivers he's going to go against. Never mind. He takes the ball away, mm-hmm. and if he does that, if you create turnovers in the 21st century NFL, you win. And that's especially true with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last year, look at their record. When they win, even by one, if they have one more turnover than the other team, I think they lost – or I don't know that they lost any game. Maybe they lost only one game when that happened. So – that more than, I mean, that's always – I know it's, it's, it's pretty easy to say win the turnover, the NFL, but I'm, yeah. but it's especially true. That, no, never more with any team, I don't think, than it is with uh, the Steelers right now. Can they finish last, though, if their secondary fails? You could see – Yeah, absolutely. Or not maybe last, but – They've got some tough quarterbacks to go up against that could, that could carve them up. They do have a tough schedule, too. That's, the, that's their bugaboo. All right, see, I went a little longer on the Steelers and the other teams. I don't know why. I have more thoughts on them. Go for it. All right, let's wrap it up here, Black Tie. But real quick, I promised a little Dead or Alive, so we have to get into it. An oldie but a goodie. Play a little music about Dead or Alive for us, won't you, Black Tie? If your team is playing, damn, the shake is saying if you're dead or alive, dead or alive. Dang, I had a good one on Handsome Hank, but now that he left, it's not as much fun. So I'll skip that one, and I'll jump to this. Alex Gelhar and Black Tie Behind the Glass. Tom Brady's run has been magnificent. Tom Brady's title-winning days. Dead or alive? In other words, will he win another title? Dead or alive? Gelhar, I start with you. I have to say alive. I They're alive. I can't, I can't 
bury it yet. No, he's he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever set foot on the gridiron. And uh, even if he's out for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, this year, he's you know it's probably going to get reduced. We don't know. Or in the years to come. I mean, we saw John Elway win. Years you know, to come. How many years? How many years? He's got a least? couple. What was John Elway when right. he won his last Super Bowl? Thirty-eight. And quarterbacks, the ultimate deciding factor in the NFL. And Brady's still one of the best. Black tie house. Um, I would say, again, Brady is all about time, right? I don't think he's, he's winning one this year. I mean, he lost a lot of defense. I mean, he's going to miss a few games. I think that's going to factor in. And I do think overall, even if he plays two or three more years, I do think that division is getting a little harder. And, I mean, the Pats for the last how many years are like every season they start, they're a win away from the division game. <laughs> that's how it always feels. So um, That's what's say, curious about them because they're also – a couple plays away from having two more rings, yeah. but you can also make the case, like you say, they're a couple plays away from not getting to. You know, yeah. that they, as Willie McGinnis will tell you, that's the design that everything comes down to a couple of plays in Bill Belichick's head, and it's all about winning a couple of plays, and that's the difference for their long run here. Yeah, I mean, if but if I had to choose, I would say, I mean, it's 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 Bill Belichick, so I'm going to say it alive. All right, let's uh, let's let the doctor on call handle this one. Dead or alive? Yeah, it's dead. You're right, Black Tie. The AFC East is much tougher. Alex Gelhar, you're right. John Elway did win a Super Bowl when he was 38. But what was the difference? It wasn't John Elway's team. It was Terrell Davis's team. Whose team is the New England Patriots now? A weak in secondary. I mean, as big a drop-off perhaps uh, minus the retirement of a QB, turning things over to some kid. Has a Super Bowl champion ever dropped off at one position as much as the Patriots did in their secondary from last year to this one? It's pretty pretty dire stuff back there, and I, I don't doubt that Belichick will patch something together so that they're a viable team and that they will take a playoff run, but I do think that they might miss the playoffs even this year. And if they don't do it this year, when are you looking? I mean, how old do you think Tom Brady can get? This idea that we haven't seen it yet, so it can't happen, is foolish thinking, obviously. I mean, he's old. I mean, how He's not going to be 42 and say, well, maybe this is the last year for Brady. No, no. I mean, this, this could be it. This We might have seen his greatest moment last February in uh, in Arizona. And it might all now be a fast decline down. And even if it isn't, to Black Tie's point, the East is much more rugged. So the thing that they've always had is a bye in the first round of the playoffs. That's not uh, a guarantee. The fact that uh, they're going to win the division is hardly a guarantee this year. All right, next up, True Detective, my interest in it, dead or alive. Who you starting with me? Well, our our interest, our, our, our interest? collective. Interest. Oh, our collective interest. Yes. Uh, well, I'm pot committed at this point, so I'm going to be finishing the season. But my interest in this season is is basically on life support, and I think it's going to have to unplug it soon. Mm. Black tie. How say you? I would say, considering I stopped halfway halfway through episode two, where they show the pelvic wound, um, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to vote for dead. I'm I'm not in on that show. This is a tricky one. Let's go to the doctor. Yeah, it's dead. I don't like this show. What happened here? What the hell happened? You talk about a drop off from one to the next, from one season to the next. I'm sorry, I forgot. Forget the Patriots secondary drop off from 2014 to 2015. True Detectives drop off is uh, is worse. What the same writer? What it's it's so tedious and confusing 
and boring. I think, the, I think there's a couple problems. One, the first script, we don't know, the first series, we don't know how long, or season, we don't know how long he spent working on that one. And it was, it was fantastic True. because of it. This one, given the success of the first one, they had to rush out more. He didn't have a, a huge writer's room to help him. Two, it's a multiplication effect. That first one, it was basically Rust and Marty. This time, we've got four main characters we're trying to follow. So everything's getting thinned out. And on top of that, the case isn't as interesting because not all those characters are investigating the case in, in every episode as opposed to the other one where they were. So all the philosophical ra- rantings are tangential to what's actually happening on the screen. So Yeah, I wonder if it's like it. they say yeah, a, a good um, never blames his tools. A good what? Good carpenter. Carpenter, yeah, I think so. Never blames his tools. In this case, I feel like we can blame Vince Vaughn to some degree. Those words in his mouth. I heard no one's word. buying that right now. It just, just yeah. No I don't know. Some that, of the right. words are pretty awful too that are coming out of his mouth. It is it is uh, poor man's David Mamet speak. Everybody sounds the same. Everybody's supposed to sound hard boiled and from uh, you know from the '60s or something. I don't know, but it's a brawn, it's brawny kind of language, and it just doesn't work coming out of Vince Vaughn. And the other thing that you and I, Gelhar, talked about yesterday is. I think they started, they picked up the storyline about six months or a year too late. The only interesting guy is Casper, the guy who's dead in the first episode. He's the one living the highlight. I couldn't even see one of his parties. I want to go to his parties. What do I care about the aftermath? (laughs) Our party's like at Casper's house. But ultimately, I'm with you. Uh, Gelhar, if only if we're con- going to continue with the dead metaphor, it is maybe like a viewing. Now I'm going to to the memorial. Now uh, you know I have three episodes left. Now I have to finish. Yeah, I'm exactly. going to make it through, but only because it could it could rebound, but it's not going to save the whole season. No, indeed. Yes, Black. Let me jump in a little entertainment to bring this all full circle. Chances that Snowpiercer gets remembered as the best transportation movie of all time. Uh, Before you do that, think of all the transportation movies. It's not going to not going to beat Airplane. Nope. Yeah, it's already it's already Is it better planes, than silver and automobiles. I take nope. That. Yep, take that one. Um, I don't know. Now, what do we? Right, does this count? Movies like the road trips. I mean, the, uh, well, it has to be. So many the, movies are based where, around where, vacation. The original no, no, no. vacation. It has vacation. to be where predominantly where most of the movies plot takes place on the channel. All right, vacation. Air Force One better than I'm Air Force One guy. Speed for speed. speed. Speed's great. Yeah, it's Snowpiercer's is might it'll make the list, but it's going to be a ways down. I don't know. It's a man. good question. I, I, well, I know I'm in prison at the moment right now, but I'm telling you, I've not been taken on a ride by a movie like that probably since. Let's Lover. wrap it up here. What animal did you see? The shark attack the surfer the other day. Yeah, or jump up at the surfer. What animal should we add to NFL gridirons to juice up our sport? What would be fun? Like you know. I, w- I liked surfing better with the risk of sharks jumping out and, and mauling the competitors would be, you know, it's fun. What animal would it be fun to have running free on the field? <laughs> but, well, you don't see it. Took it can only second. come and get you once in a while. <laughs> no, I, I got one to start it off. You know how a lot of times when they kick off the games, they'll have like a falconer there or something with a bald eagle or a yeah, hawk right. or something. Let that thing loose on the team. Talk about picking off passes in the middle, dropping it to players if you had it well-trained. That would certainly spice it A sizable it up. bird. That Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has a passes. rainbow to Jordy Nelson, but whoop, thing picks it up, drops it into, you know, Trey Wayne's and hands, and then the there Seahawks we go. And it's freedom. safe. You know what? You're on to something then here. the animal's because not in danger on the field with these giant men. Passing game is now everything in the NFL because of the new rules that play to the player's safety. I like where your head's at. This adds an element that makes completing passes downfield more difficult. 
Think about sizable the birds. Sizable birds flying overhead. You get two challenges. You get two chances to unleash your your bird of prey on the field to intercept a pass. I love it. So third, coach, then there's strategy. The coach. It's not just flying around willy nilly. The third coach has and to long. Think. Yeah, I love it. That's a pretty good call. I like. I was going to go. use it on offense though. Ooh, I mean, if you're on. Uh, Backed up against your end zone, and you need a long touch. On a Hail Mary, could you throw it to the bird and have it drop it to somebody? Yeah, when the DBs are looking up for the ball, all of a sudden, instead, they get a, a big pooper from the sky. <laughs> one of those big bird poopers. Hey, um, Black Tie, do you have one? Uh, I'm thinking. This is a tough one. Um, I think definitely aviation is the way to go. But if you're going land animal, uh, nah, no, it'll be too wild. I was going to go cheater. No, I think that's fun. I think that's that's a great that's the the great equalizer. If you have the fastest beast on the planet, then I don't care who's trying to run away from the defense. Punt return. Cheetah makes it right. Well, I wonder. Yeah, if you could now, that's really if you could really thread the needle and get a cheetah to catch the football on its back. What about one of those monkeys? And then return the kicks. That ride dogs. Could you put a monkey on the cheetah to catch the football? Now, you're, then, being, now that, you're being silly. No. Uh, that's I, too I much? I think that that's – I mean, now you're talking two animals. I like that. And it's being – no, I do. I, I like that, that, mu- that would muddle things. You're right. Yeah. But I think – well, I mean, if it were to replace a player on the field, I don't know that you could do much better than a hippo or an elephant. But, I mean, I think now we're getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. Instead, I'm going to go with a snake. What about that? A poisonous snake. Explain that one. In the, in the, in the I don't think I have to explain that one. <laughs> I don't have to explain that one. We're in the big drive, two-minute drill. We're moving down the field. Need a fumble? Oh, by the way, guy who uh, calls out the signals for the defense, you just got bitten by a poisonous snake. You better deal with that. Or you can stay out on the field. Your choice, man. Hey, Darrell Revis, do you want to try and lock up our best pass catcher? Or do you want to deal uh, with what is potentially a mortal wound now? You know, that's something that would be fun to see. And in a way, it's a good drill for the coach to find out in training camp who really cares about the team. Really Are you going to stick with it yeah. even if you have been bitten by a poisonous snake? Once it more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's fun. Um, I, and let's see. I think the bird idea is the most fun. I, I think it adds. I'm a, glad that came to me right when you asked that question because I was like, "What in the heck am I going to say?" <laughs> it would also be good for um, for field goals too. Like it could be a, your ultimate field goal. Blocker, oh yeah, you know, field goal blocker, or to help you get that field goal if you're trying to do a 70 yarder to yeah. go to overtime. Got or a little extra help. but with my snake, if I take a boa constrictor, a really big one. I could stretch him across the goalposts, and maybe that ball hits that. Sorry. I know you almost made that kick. Sorry. Hit the snake. That boa constrictor is not going to miss many tackles either if it, if it gets on somebody in the open oh. field. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about his speed, though. I don't know about his quickness. Might uh, could be a run stuffer. You put him in the middle of the middle. Of well, the that's the thing also with the snake. If, if the snake unfurls at the right time, trip up. You know, like, oh, oh look, giant hole opened up. Nobody's going to block the snake, though. The snake is the last line of defense. Literally, it's a line in the grass. Oh, we have a painter, and I'm going to run the – oh, no, I tripped on the snake. I didn't see him down in the grass. How do we feel about uh, dragons for the safety position? Now, you're, I mean, come on. So no, I mean, because I remember, I remember, I mean, it's what what thought. I remember doing the Game of Thrones NFL all NFL team, and I think uh, Daenerys' dragons were either linebackers or safeties. You know, I think – it's it's something to consider. You know what? I think Ike Taylor would have a lot of thoughts on this. We should track down A.J. Hawk, too. It's been too long since we talked to the Hawk, and maybe he would really support your idea of a Hawk. 
on the field. I imagine he would. I don't understand why he doesn't get a hawk and carry it around on his shoulder all the time. He's, he's missed a lot of good opportunities over the years. I've told him. He doesn't want to listen to me. But anyway. All right, let's wrap it up there. Alex Galhar, a successful first uh, first run here on the DDFP black tie. Do you think Galhar gets to come back or oh, no? That's great. That's good stuff there with that. I mean, he brought it all home with the with the hawk idea and the monkey on a cheetah's back. I like Yeah, that. see, TD's in my corner. I yeah. think that would be entertaining, not I, just for halftime anymore. I, I think, vote yes on this idea. I don't think he's given Snowpiercer no, a, a, a lot of love. I love Snowpiercer. You know. Yeah. But when well, now it has to be the greatest movie of all time. Anything less than that is uh, is insulting it. It might be the best uh, dystopian future um, sci-fi flick of the last 10 years. He's just going to get very particular. Say, he's going to get more granular with the, the qualifying statements. <laughs> that's, that Starring involves, Chris that evolve, Evans that involves with Dilda Swinton yeah. and guys building axes. Well, which is, forget uh, when it was made, but what is the best? Blade Runner off the top of my head? Uh, that'd be up there. Alien? I don't know if I'd call that dystopian, but... What, Alien? Yeah. That's just space. That's just a sci-fi adventure. Well, how did they wind up in space? The world fell apart, so they had to retreat to space. Oh, no, maybe not. In Aliens, they returned to Earth. But it isn't as inhabitable as it once was. Yeah. We, were we completely slept on Soul Plane, though, for transportation movies. But I don't know if we slept on that. Soul completely. Snakes on a plane. We also missed that one. <laughs> um, all right, let's wrap it up. Did we We have another? Oh, uh, but I said Alien. 2001? Yeah. I guess that would probably win among movie critics. I'm trying to think. Could use the Google, but you know what? The topic for another podcast. Bring me back on. We'll talk dystopian flicks. I like that. See, that was good. You see how he did that? How he worked his way in there? Smart, this guy. Man. He left something Better behind. Right. Worrying yeah. about worried about self preservation here. Wait, did I leave my cell phone at your place? I guess I got to come uh, back and get it. Well done, Gelhar. Well done. All right, you didn't even have to do that because you're welcome back anytime. Listen to him on NFL Fantasy Live, the podcast available once a week as uh, as we run up to the season. And of course, you can read his fine pages at NFL.com about this, that, and the other. And what's your uh, Twitter at Alex Gelhar? All right. We'll see. I'd be interested to know if anybody uh, drops you a line about your fine idea about a bird flying free. I'll, I'll keep an eye on my mentions in the coming days. All right. Uh, we'll be back, like I say, with David Carr later this week and some other hooey and applesauce. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. 
Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.